Hey there, everyone. We're going to be talking all things SEO for your content today. Welcome to the Know, Like, and Trust show with Brittany Gardner, the podcast where we explore the world of personal branding and how to build your know, like, and trust factor up for ultimate business success. And now here's your host, Brittany Gardner. All right, you guys, I am interviewing Michael Bazinski, known as Buzz, today. We're going to be talking about SEO specifically as it relates to small service provider businesses. And the reason we're going to be doing this is there is a ton of research out there, a ton of articles, and yes, we're talking about SEO, and I'm saying that you could go and Google how to do SEO all the time. But most of that information applies to much larger businesses. And this is an area that you don't want to forego, as I have sadly done over the years. And we're going to be covering exactly why you don't want to forego, what you can do today to start fixing it, and move on from there. So Michael Buzinski is founder and president of Buzzworthy Website Marketing. He's a lifelong entrepreneur, digital marketing thought leader, and best-selling author. Dubbed a visionary marketer by the American Marketing Association, Michael's sole mission is to help entrepreneurs avoid the time drain and frustration of managing profitable digital marketing campaigns. Buzz, as most call him, has simplified digital marketing success with the rule of 26 and is on a mission to double the website revenue of service-based businesses across America. With that, let's move on to our conversation. All right, Buzz, I'm like super excited for this conversation. So I know we're going to be talking a lot about SEO. My longtime listeners probably have heard me say before, I know only enough about SEO to be dangerous and probably don't listen to anything more than the basics on it from me. So I'm actually really excited to hear what you're going to be talking about because you work with service providers very often. Is that correct? Yes, that's exclusively pretty much 90, I'd probably say 97% of our clients are service centric. So I talk about content. I talk about creating content. I talk about repurposing content. But what I don't talk about is how to make sure your content is found by search engines. I've got like the other side of things pretty well taken care of. <laughs> but, you know, writing headlines that are like search engine friendly, it's just not mm -hmm. something I tend to think about. I tend to think about it more from like a grabbing attention hook point of view. So I'd love to start there if that's okay. That's great. That's a great spot because that's where everybody usually skips, even content marketers. So I'm glad to hear that there are some that are still thinking about, you know, what what does the what does the title mean? Right. There's a lot of clickbait out there. And unfortunately, you know, with SEO, clickbait doesn't do much for you. So in the SEO world for content marketing, we want that title to have the keyword that you're trying to attract rankings for in the title. And then again, at least once every 200 words within the content, not too much more because then you're doing what we call stuffing. And if you stuff it, then Google goes, oh, you're just trying to game the system. And they actually give you technically demerits, if you will, but the algorithm just doesn't like your article, your blog, or even the website content that you have, if it says it too much and it seems robotic. So like the biggest thing that I, that I see folks do where they're writing content for SEO sake is that they forget to research their keywords, profitable keyword research. So first of all, 
demerit. I love that you said that word. I don't think I've heard it since I was in middle school and it just like flashed me back to not great days. But but it's a good way to think about it, right? Like the the keyword stuffing is not going to benefit you, even though, you know, people might think it would, it's actually going to hurt you in the long run. So, so thank you for the visual. That was actually very helpful for me at least. Thanks. Um, But when it comes to profitable keyword research, and I think probably even for my own business, this is definitely an area where I fall down, you know, like I have a podcast episode on authentic automated marketing and I, you know, take the the content from that. I make it into a blog post and I'm like authentic automated marketing for service providers. And cause to me, that's what the article is about. Right. But right. I have no clue, honestly, whether that's a profitable keyword. Right. And there's a lot of tools out there to tell you whether or not they are for most folks. You know, when it, it depends on what your service is, right? So if you're doing a service as an online service that you could service anybody in the United States, in any state, or maybe even Canada, now you are working with national keywords versus if I have a doctor or a dentist or a chiropractor, they're very localized. Like you, the people that you're trying to attract or local to you, maybe your county, or if you have a big enough city, just your city, or maybe you're in a big enough city where it's just your neighborhood. And so then you have to take into account your locator keywords. So you can go to, there's a lot of free ones out there. I have some professional ones that I use obviously in the background, because we dive deeper into like how much those keywords actually are used by buyers. So you have what you call a sales funnel. And so at the top of the sales funnel, you have the people who are beyond even knowing that they have a need for a service. And at the bottom, you have your conversion. And so search marketing is for everybody right in the center where they're in the consideration. They know what they want, or they're, they've done a little bit of research at least, and now they're looking for who they want to do business with. And that's what makes it so important that your content is in line with the keywords that your potential clients are using to find services like yours. So we're talking about, you know, problem aware, maybe even solution aware people, but people who are trying to narrow their field of where they want to gain information. Exactly. So when we're talking about that, right? So like you said that, you know, you use some professional tools, there are some free ones available, and I'm not going to ask you to like do a compare contrast of all of them here. Not the best use of our time. Are there tools out there that would give you maybe not the best information or or are all these tools kind of created alike? They're all pulling from Google. So I tell people, if you're not going to use a professional, go to keyword research. It's Google, Google ads, keyword research or Google ads research tool, but just type that in and you'll start seeing stuff get past the ads unless it says Google specifically and use that tool right there as if you were buying Google AdWords. And they will show you your monthly search volume. And that right there, the bigger it is, the more in demand it is. This is the biggest thing though. In content, you get to have what we call long tail keyword terms. And research shows that people are closer to a buying process if they're using four or more words in their the keywords that they're actually typing into Google. So if you just say chiropractor, that's extremely broad and there's going to be huge amount of competition for that. And there's a lot of volume for that, but it doesn't tell you what 
Are you looking to be a chiropractor? Are you looking to see why you shouldn't see a chiropractor? Are you looking to see if there's a chiropractor near you? And you're not going to get a lot of that. Now, nowadays, there's a lot of localization from your search just because Google will actually tailor your searches as a user to how you search historically, right? So a lot of times, if you can just get maybe, and I'm just using chiropractor as an easy one here, but maybe you have like chiropractic pain management specialist or something in that realm. And you put that into the keyword research and you see, wow, there's like 1200 people who look for that. That's nationwide. So you are going to be looking. And so then you want to take a look at, maybe it is the same four, but Chicago. And then you're like, okay, well that came down to about 400 people. Okay. Well, if I can get ranked for number one on that, that means I'm going to get right around a third of those people just for that keyword, any new related keywords. So now I've just pushed roughly 130 to 200 people to my website just for ranking for that one long-term keyword. So I understand the concept of long tail, 100% got that. But when we're talking about, like you said, ranking really well for that one or related ones. So if I'm reading between the lines correctly, you're saying if you can rank number one for Chicago chiropractic pain management specialists, then you're going to also rank pretty well for similar long tails. Right. So it's called the halo effect. And what Google does is it creates context for related keywords. So maybe pain management could be uh, related to or in context with accidents. There's no way to say exactly what that looks like um, because their algorithm is way too complicated to to decipher that. But we just know that if you can rank high for a high volume, you have a lot of lower volumes that you could, you didn't even think about that you're affecting as well. I like that halo effect. That makes me feel a little bit less intimidated about choosing the right long tail thing to target here. <laughs> right. And the bigger the keyword volume, search term volume per month, the harder it is going to be to rank for it. So if you don't have a lot of what we call domain authority, so your website hasn't been around a long time, it doesn't rank for a lot of keywords, you don't have a lot of backlinks to reputable websites and backlinks are basically hyperlinks from your from somebody else's website back to your website. And usually you want those to be bigger websites or more uh, trusted websites or websites that have been around much longer. And they and so what Google sees is, oh, you're saying that this website has useful content and you are a respected website. So we'll give them a couple of points in their domain, what we call domain authority, and that is a trusted site. Now, once you increase that domain authority, anything that you're writing about and optimize for, for profitable keywords also gets that boost. Okay, so that's our headline. That's our keyword research, more or less in a nutshell right there. <laughs> The last thing I heard on article length was like, you want at least 300 words. And then I know a couple of years ago, everyone was like, <laughs> no, you want more than a thousand. And then I've also heard people say, no, no, you don't want it to be too long. What's the deal <laughs> on that? So a 300 word blog is not going to give you what it used to. Right now, a word count for a, just a website page that's going to be optimized for SEO on a particular keyword needs to be at least 300 words. That's just the page. So if you have under 300 words on that page altogether, it doesn't rank, even if you have optimized everything to the tilt, you still are going to be losing due to the fact that somebody else has more. 
when you talk about blogs, three to 500 used to be it, but now it's more like six to 800. And some people, some experts even say up to a thousand. I usually say 600 to 800. And you could probably get away with 500 to 800 or 500 to 750, depends on what you're, you're, you're talking about and whatnot, but it's a good range, right? Just get over 500 at least and get around 800. You could probably max out on a blog. If it's a good blog, this is the key. If you have something that is very detailed and you have a lot of lists in your content for that, that all are congruently related and the context just flows real well and you can't just stop writing about it because it just you have to have all this information, keep writing. There is no such thing as too long except for reader fatigue, right? So if you create a highly dense piece of content, big paragraphs, no breakups, no headlines, no subheadlines, no numbered lists or bulleted lists and stuff like that, that people can first, they'll run through it, they'll, they'll scan it, and then they kind of read backwards nowadays. And then they'll, they'll go from the top and basically be able to, to digest everything. So for articles, you're going 1250 up to 2500 now. And that's, okay. that's kind of the breakdown there. But the biggest thing is having useful information. Don't just write a 1250 word piece of uh, literature for just to write, right? But the, another key is that like on your webpage, the longer, the, the more content you have on that page and it's useful, the more often you get to use that keyword, which gives you more juice. And as a reminder, you said around every 200 words or so, you're going to want to be just about to every 200 words. You want to use that term. Exactly. You also want to play around with uh, variations of that term, which will help you with your halo effect. So I understand the concept, right? So an article where you're kind of like doing a deep dive on a particular subject, you know, let's say you end up in that 1500 word zone, right? right. You're going to want to have that exact keyword at least seven times, maybe eight. Mm -hmm. And you can also play around with variations of that using different grammatical structures and whatnot. Right. Or even buzzwords, industry coin phrases that people sometimes use. So a lot of times I see professionals, especially medical professionals, they'll use the formal term and they think that everybody knows what that is and they, nobody does. And so you have to find the slang of that as well. And so now you can use the slang, the commonly used educated version of it, and then the formal version of it all in the same article. And you're not busting your one every 200. You can now say it every, you can pretty much refer to whatever you're talking about once every 75 words. Well, that makes like the actual conversational aspect of writing a whole lot easier. <laughs> yes, it does. And then you, what you want to take a look at is when you're doing keyword research is take a look at, are there related keywords? Cause they'll Google will give you some other keywords that you're going to probably put into that same campaign. And so you can take a look at some of those and put those in. Now you want to focus on whatever your title is, right? But if you have related terms in there, you can sprinkle those in as well, because that will eventually help with the halo effect. All right. So we've got kind of a general idea for how we're making the headline, how we're formatting our blog post or our article. And there are certain marketing activities in this world where, you know, you, you do the activity and you're going to get results like in a day or five days or even, <laughs> you know, a few weeks. And I know that SEO is definitely not necessarily on that list. Like like creating a podcast, it is a long game marketing strategy. But 
knowing that it's long isn't very descriptive either. So when someone does start focusing on SEO and giving it the attention it deserves, like what can they expect? To be a long game. So <laughs> <laughs> I hate that question. I get it every time. The problem is, is that you never know. It's the algorithm has so many things that goes along with it. And your content is only one part of your SEO. So if you have a website that loads slow, it's not mobile first optimized. I mean, there's all these little things that go into it. And so a lot of times people say, well, I just wrote this article and I can wait three months and it should rank. I'm like, no, not necessarily. Even your blogs are going to take a long time. I mean, you, I'm sure you tell your, your audience, it's going to be a year of blogging before you really start seeing any movement in, the, in a lot of the needles. At least that's how I see it. With good SEO, three to six months, you're going to start seeing the movements. Are you going to be number one? It depends on what you're trying to rank for. What does your website look for? What's the competition for the keywords you're trying to rank for? All of those things come into in whether or not it's actually going to be profitable for you. But SEO is seven times more profitable. Organic SEO traffic, that is, to your website is seven times more profitable than organic social media traffic. But social media content is extremely important because once they do find you and they do land on your website, they're going to click on your social media and they're going to see how likable and trustable you are. Because as service providers, consumers do business with those they like and trust. Oh, is that like your, uh, the name of it's your It's almost your show? like the name of the show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That, that is a hundred percent why I named this show that. Yeah, you know, we have all these things in play, right? We have our organic social media strategy. We have our organic blog strategy. We have possible paid traffic strategies to mm -hmm. all these things. And they all have to play really well with each other. You know, having a huge amount of expertise in just one of them will help you. I mean, sure, of course it will. But you're still kneecapping yourself if you're not paying some attention to the others as well. I call it the ecosystem. And that's what we do for our clients is that we create a digital ecosystem. And we work with whomever is creating content to make sure that they're getting the maximum amount of mileage out of that content. So if you're a big article writer, I mean, that's a lot of content to be able to, I mean, there's a lot of opportunities with that content to recycle, repurpose, redistribute all of the things. And if you think of it that way, I'm sure you've talked to your audience about that in the, in, in the same way. It's the same with the other tools, right? So once you get those articles to rank, or your blogs to rank, however you look at it. Now you're going to take that same content and you're going to repurpose it where your consumers are going to go to look for, to see congruency in your social media. And, but you don't have to reinvent the wheel. You, you've got your profitable content right in front of you. It's what got them to your website. So I'm going to do a little bit of a shift here. I know you've written a book. I'm yes. curious about the title. Can you tell us a little bit about it? It is the rule of two six. And so when COVID hit, I was stuck pretty much treading water because up to COVID, we were pretty much just a done for you boutique digital marketing firm. And I quickly realized that there's a, a huge underserved small business sector that was just struggling through 2020. And I couldn't just sit around and do nothing. So I did two things. I developed eight digital marketing, do-it-yourself tools that I now offer on my website. But with that, I go, well, how do they know what to use and when to use it? And so I created the rule of 26, which basically writes your website marketing strategy for you using the rule of 26, which states that if you increase your unique traffic to your website by 26%, your conversion rate 
from your website by 26% and the average value per client or average revenue per client from your website by 26%, you'll get a compounding result of 100% more revenue from your website. And if that continues to go on, you can do it again and actually quadruple your revenue from your website. And for service-based businesses, that is a huge deal just to do it once because that it becomes a predictable stream of revenue that you can now put the gas pedal on. So if you want more business, you know what your conversion rate to your website, you just have to increase your traffic. And so now you have a strategy. So now it's just a matter of, do I need more traffic to my website? Do I need a higher conversion rate for my website? Or am I looking, am I even charging enough for the folks who are coming through my website? I love that formula. It is so simple and it makes so much sense. And for especially, I mean, I'm, I'm a marketing person, so obviously I'm geeking out here, but <laughs> even for the non-marketing folks, right? right. Even for the, the, the non-marketing the people folks, I the non-number right? geeks. Yeah, <laughs> right. Right? I think it's such a simplified way of looking like, hey, pull this lever, this happens. Right, exactly. And just the math is, the, I don't know how I, I stumbled upon the math, but it worked. You know, the first person, actually, yeah, it works. I mean, it's math. It, and that's another thing you, you read all these marketing books out there that, you know, before I wrote my book, I had, I, I wanted to write a book and I just was trying to find what am I going to write a book about? And so, you know, COVID really was the key that pushed me into, okay, how can I help without being hired? Right. And just be help. And that's why I wrote the book. Um, but after reading not at least a hundred marketing books over the years, they're all the same. They, I mean, they all say the same yeah. darn thing. There are very, very few that I go, oh, yes, read that book, like Donald Miller's uh, story brand or something like that. That that can change the way that you look at your content and how you even market everything. And that's what I wanted. I wanted something that would stand out to be something that everybody is going to have a struggle with. And people have a struggle with where to start with their website marketing. They don't know where. And yeah. there's just too many of these gimmicks out there. And I just don't want anything gimmicky. So it's just boom, done. Had a mortgage broker friend slash client who looked at it and his, he actually did a review on the book on Amazon and says, the math actually works out. Yeah. <laughs> like, you're such a finance guy. You're like, I wouldn't publish it if it didn't, because that would be a really big amount of egg on my face. <laughs> right? Yeah. And then it's so funny because now I, and people are like, well, how? How do I know you're doing what you're doing? It says, well, I use the rule of 26 to measure my success. It says, what do you mean? And so we go through the rule of 26 and they go, oh, okay. All right. Now we have three KPIs that we can follow and track and see if we're being successful. Makes it simple. It's perfect. I love yeah. it. Well, awesome. Thank you so much. This was very personally helpful for me. I know that my audience uh, will say the same. So I do appreciate that. Where can people find you? I make it really simple. See, this is a theme with me. So I, everything you need to know about me and my business is at buzzworthy.biz. That's with two Z's, B-U-Z-Z-W-O-R-T-H-Y.biz, B-I-Z. And for your listeners who want to check it out, there is a link on the website for the book. It's right there towards the top. If you download the ebook, and I have it at the lowest price Amazon will give it to me for, or let me offer it for, which is $9.99. I will send you a signed paperback copy for free. Just email me at buzz at 
dot biz. That's buzz with two Z's at buzzworthy dot biz. Perfect. Well, thank you. That's one, an incredibly generous offer. And I'm actually going to be taking you up on it. I'm very curious to see some examples of how this all works out. I think that, I mean, I've already said it, you know, this is an area that I've kind of let slack in my business. I definitely need to focus on it. And I am not alone in that. So yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely. I talked to many business-centric business owners and they always talk about, well, you know, I get word of mouth and I get referrals. I'm like, so how's your website? Oh, I never get anything from my website. Oh, that means your competitors are. What do you mean? (laughs) If you're not doing it, somebody is because 68% of all purchases start with a little query on thing called Google. Well, thank you so much. Thank you, Brittany. All right, guys. I know I say this all the time, but thank you so much to Buzz. This was a very enlightening conversation for me. I've already got some ideas of how I can kind of alter my blogging strategy and a few things that I probably have let slip through the cracks, although you already heard about a couple of those, right? So anyway, thank you so much to Buzz. Do go out and pick up his book. I actually did right after our interview. That was several weeks ago, and it's full of gems, and it's also short. And in addition to all of that, Buzz told me it's actually called a shook, a short book. Yes, there's like a whole new genre that is perfect for online service providers, online coaches, and everyone to, again, build authority, claim that thought leader status, and really just gain visibility for your online business. All right, guys, see you next week. 